when you work to understand how different people see the world, how they operate, how they prospect, and how they act upon the world, it allows you, if you're trying to be a better human, to adapt to them and to actually interact with them in a way that's helpful, that's useful, that's supportive, and it's better for the overall relationship and whatever you're trying to accomplish together. And it's also better for the world. Welcome to the Push Podcast. Why push? Because a nudge is just too friendly. And friend, we're here to help you get your shit together. I'm Eddie. And I'm Janelle. And we're the Copelands. We've got three daughters, two businesses, a mortgage, and lots of responsibilities. So just like you, we're struggling to find that perfect balance of ambitious go-getter hustle while still staying present, loving our kids, and working on our relationship. And doing the laundry, going to the grocery store. Oh, and don't forget being mindful. Yeah, all of the stuff. (laughs) So if you're juggling all the things, but you're also trying to get to the next level, guess what? You're in the right place. So get ready to be pushed. Hey guys, welcome back to the Push Podcast. I'm Janelle Copeland. And I'm Edward Copeland. Yeah, yeah. Mm, I um, love your jingles, honey. Uh, you, you know what's interesting about us is we introduce ourselves every single time. And, you know, maybe, do we do that just because new people? Yeah. Okay. I just want to make sure. That's usually what hosts <laughs> do for shows. Yes. Oh, okay. All right. I just want to make sure. Actually, every podcast that I've ever listened to says, hey, I'm your host. Da, 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 da. Yeah. We don't say, well, wait, did I just say that? I'm your host? No. <laughs> I said, I'm Janelle Copeland. Yeah. You now you got me questioning Janelle my life. Copeland is the, is the co-host of the, of the Push Podcast, and my name is Edward Copeland, and I am the co-host of the Push Podcast as well. Well, now that that is clarified, <laughs> welcome everybody to episode number 135. I swear we're not new to this. And I want to thank every one of you that has recently shared an episode. Apparently, our downloads are growing, and that's fantastic. Yeah, we had our biggest month in February. What up, y'all? Love it. And you know why? Because I titled an episode, How to Not Lose Your Shit. And it was around when someone graffitied on our house and just kind of some life lessons and skills that we were sharing. What does that tell you about our audience? That tells me that (laughs) they really like the chisme, like the the tea, the the gossip. (laughs) Not not to shame you guys, because that's not really, I don't think that you're really into gossip, but that is the power of like a provocative title, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. So it reminds me of like the last episode we did about Kanye West and his Mm -hmm. confidence. Like we got to be more Kanye-ish, like controversy sells. Yeah. And I hope, like, if you haven't listened to the Kanye episode, go and listen to it. Because I think that when you think about people that are on the extreme, right, mm-hmm. there's something to learn from them, mm-hmm. you know, since you mentioned Kanye. Well, right? I mean, tell the people why we did an episode on Kanye, because I'm not the biggest fan. Well, yeah, we did an uh, episode because I am the greatest fan of mm-hmm. Kanye West. If he hears this, um, yeah, come on a push podcast. No, <laughs> Wait, uh, we did it because- one Christmas, you guys, I literally found Kanye West wrapping paper, and I wrapped all of Eddie's Christmas <laughs> presents in Kanye West wrapping paper. So I, well, <laughs> so a couple things. We did an episode because we we watched the the uh, genius documentary on Netflix. If you haven't seen it, the first two episodes I think are amazing. The third one it's, it's okay, but the first two I think are super inspiring. Everyone I talked to about it were so inspiring, and kind of relates to this episode where if you get to see where someone kind of cultivated their personality and who they are, I think you get a better understanding and you drop some of the judgment that you have for them. Because you say, I, I see where they came from. You don't have to agree, but I can see right. how they got there. 
to that perspective of that view of the world. Mm-hmm. So that was the one thing that the reason why we we did an episode of that. Well, we did it because he has an immense amount of confidence. Right. And that's what we did was we broke down like kind of the strategies that we think that you can pull from that. So anyways, go listen to the episode. I think it's episode number 133. And we're constantly like with our students and with folks in the Push Society, join the Push Society if you're not already in it, trying to help individuals with confidence, right? Mm -hmm. We're trying to kind of break things down to a science and codify it so that people understand how they can develop this skill of confidence so that they can use it in different aspects of their lives. Yeah. And really quick, because you said, I mean, we did an introduction, but then you said, go join the Pusher Society. What the heck is the Pusher Society? (laughs) The Pusher Society is an opportunity to connect with Janelle and I kind of in a one-on-one basis, but it's not one-on-one. You're part of a group. So we have group calls every single month where we focus on things like emotional intelligence or confidence or maybe even about money and finance. So it's a lot of things that are the topics of our podcast, but in a conversational format. And then also we get to an opportunity to teach out certain things that we've learned, that we've experienced in a way that it hopefully is digestible and you can actually implement in yeah. your life. So if you're looking to be a better person, I think that's my invitation. Oh, there you go. Is, Very simple. Because there's about 12 <laughs> different things that we think you need to develop skills in in order to be great in life. Right. And And these 12 skills are as follows, effective communication, relationship building, self-management, prioritization or focus, which I think everyone needs to improve on, leadership. That could be leadership of your home, leadership Mm -hmm. as a parent, leadership in your career, not just those of you that are running a team. That could be goal setting and execution, money mastery, adult learning, which yeah. is something we talk about often on the Push podcast, resourcefulness, which leads to confidence building and self-advocacy, emotional intelligence you touched on, persuasion and influence. You might think, ah, I don't need that because I'm not in sales. Well, you're going to constantly be persuading and influencing your family, your spouse, your children. So these are skills that we're not just talking about from a business standpoint, but from a career standpoint or from a family. And they're not dirty words. Mm -hmm. And then the last would be health. That's both mental and physical. Yeah. And so this episode is kind of important because we titled it Surrounded by Idiots. Why? Because, again, you guys like these crazy titles. And there's a book that we are actually reading in the Pusher Society this month for the month of March. And it's called Surrounded by Idiots by the author Thomas Erickson. Maybe we get him on here one day. That'd be fantastic. Yeah. So with our tribe in the Pusher Society, we are each reading this book together. And then next month, we kind of come together and talk about like, what did you learn? How did you implement some best practices? Because let's be real, people can tell you what book to read. But if you don't sit there and actually implement any of the learnings, then what's the point in reading the book, right? Yeah, and sometimes with books, because there's usually a lot of ideas in books, the key is like picking one or two that you can execute on. But what I really enjoy about this book is because human beings are so complex, Mm -hmm. right? We are like so different in different settings and circumstances. Some people are fight or flight during stressful moments. Some people are talkative when they're nervous, like all these different things, like having some type of categorization is important for you as an individual so that you could better understand people. Now, we want to make sure that you understand that we're not telling you to put people in a box, like to marginalize them as, oh, you are this type of person or you are this type of person. But it's for you to really have a comprehension of like, oh, I see why this person 
behaves the way that they're behaving. They're not an idiot. They're, yeah. This is the kind of behavior pattern that I've seen. So that helps you with understanding them so that you can, and we'll talk about some of the benefits of that understanding as well. And I want to be clear that we don't think anyone's an idiot. Like we're just not those type of people. If you're friends with us, if you know us, if you've been listening to the Push podcast for a while, you know that our entire segment on what in the world is literally our way of being curious about dumb shit that people do that we think might be kind of dumb or odd, but it's still us showing up in a way that's like curious, right? Yeah, I think- And the- we discuss it with you so that, you know, it's a nice way. Right. What in the world? That sounds a lot better than saying we're surrounded by idiots. Like that's not the point of the book actually, right? Um, which we're going to talk about, but- if you can, find can, yourself <laughs> often disappointed in like people's reactions or the decisions that people make, maybe it's with like coworkers, maybe it's with your kids. Like if you find yourself like Scar in The Lion King where you're sitting there watching all the hyenas and you say something like, I'm surrounded by hyenas, then, or you know, or by idiots, yeah. then that's really this episode is for you. Yeah. So I, I just want to share what in the world before we get okay. into it. Okay. So. Although we don't think anyone is an idiot. Um, <laughs> I feel I, like that's I, a... <laughs> I will say, you know how people say, um, with I don't all mean due to be offensive. respect, uh, and, with, and I don't mean to be offensive. That means you're about to be offensive <laughs> and you're about to disrespect. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think that there are certain individuals that are that push the line of idiocy. Like, they get really close to that line of idiot. Okay. And that is... So we recently went to the movies, which... The world is starting to open up. We want to mm-hmm. go to the movies. We want to enjoy certain things that mm-hmm. uh, our family historically have loved to do. We mm-hmm. love going, taking the girls to the movies and all that kind of stuff. And so we went to the movies and people, one after another, were walking into the theater with their camera phone flashlight on. Okay, time out. This is after the previews have ended yeah, the movie and the has movie started. has started. So the theater's black. I don't know about you, but I've walked in many times. We try not to ever miss the previews because we like the previews. And we sit there. We're like, no, yes. Like we kind of go back and forth. Anyways, so I've walked in before and it's really dark, like jarringly dark to where you just you know that you just got to stand there for a second off to the side. Let your your eyes adjust (laughs) and then you can kind of slowly make your way and look at, you know, the letters of each aisle are on the carpet. Literally, they're part of the carpet. But you just got to let your eyes adjust for a second. So we're sitting there watching the first few minutes of the movie, eating popcorn, and literally this massive iPhone light comes in and it's like really bright in a dark theater. (laughs) And this person is like trying to find their seat from all the way at the bottom, all the way up to the top, all the way down the aisle with a bright ass flashlight on. Right. And the thing is, is you're watching the movie and all of a sudden you're distracted, right? Yeah. And the one thing about the movie theater is different in home is that you can lock in and you don't think about anything else but the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Because you can't look at your phone. Can't that's do dis- laundry. Because that's disturbing, right? You can't do laundry. You don't have to worry about like people going, oh, you know, like we watched it at home. We got pause. I got to the bathroom. Right. That never happens when you're in a the theater. Right. You just kind of- You hold it. You hold it or you drain everything before you start, <laughs> right? But this person came in and they had the flash on and, and I was like, oh, and so I'm like, ugh, ugh, I'm doing, ugh, I can't believe you're doing, ugh. I'm like a movie snob, right? Ugh, right. And then the next person comes in and they got their flashlight. And I was like, is there a sign outside that says, use your flashlight to find your seat? Because this was like yeah. now an epidemic inside yeah. of the theater. 
It was and, bad. <laughs> it was like, and people are literally like, what, what is happening? And like, then not it, only did they get to their seat, but now they're in their seat and they don't, I don't know if they didn't know it was on. Now they're flashing the flashlight on the screen. Yeah. I was like, oh my God. Yeah. Oh God. If bad. I had something, I would throw it. So but, you felt like you were surrounded by idiots. Yeah, I felt like this was a problem. And you can hear the disgust and the scoffing, right? That yeah, other you people, were scoffing. <laughs> that other people were doing as well. Yeah. I was I was totally if it was like closed caption, it would say scoffs. Scoffs. <laughs> right? So silly. So we want to talk to you a bit about this topic that again, you know, people are not idiots, but I think it's important for you to ask yourself, do you hang out with people who share the same beliefs that you do? And what I mean by that is if that is the case, you're likely sharing some frustrations, whether it's after a hard day of work or a hard day of school. You go home, you talk to your friends and family, people who generally share the same personality traits as you. And what they're going to do after you complain is usually just cosign, mm. right? Mm -hmm. Versus, ah, well, maybe try looking at it this way. And so I'm just going to tell you that's what we do in the pusher society. Right. And if you don't have the opportunity to be around people who can expand your thinking and challenge you to, you know, not think that the world is full of idiots, but to instead be more compassionate, be more understanding and look at things in a different way, then we want to invite you to join the pusher society. Right. But here's how this can be really helpful. I remember years ago, I hired an employee. Her name's Alex Reeves. And she's a great girl. I loved her. Well, we had a conversation like on her second day of work and it was about something that she was making. She was a cake decorator. And I was like giving her feedback, right? Again, I have a kind of direct personality. Like, let's not waste a lot of words. Like, let's just kind of get it out there, fix it and move on. So she takes that feedback and which I didn't think anything of it. She goes home and tells her family like, oh, my God, you know, she gave me feedback on something and I was crying about it. Like I my feelings were really hurt and I'll never forget. I didn't find this out for about six months. So Alex came back to work, even though her feelings were hurt, even though I guess I made her cry, which I didn't intentionally do. Right. Ahead. And her <laughs> mom told her at dinner, she was telling them how she had a horrible boss who said horrible things to her, whatever her version was. And her mom said, well, was the feedback right? And she goes, well, I mean, yeah. And she goes, well, then suck it up. Who cares? <laughs> and that's the only reason Alex came back to work. Oh, wow. Right. And so imagine for a second if I said something again that I didn't mean to intentionally hurt Alex, right? She goes home, talks to her normal friends and family, and they all share the same beliefs. Right. And she tells them what a terrible boss, you know, I am. And I made her cry on her second day of work. Imagine if everyone said, oh, screw her. Don't go back. Don't take that verbal abuse. You don't need that from an employer. How dare her make you feel like that? I can't believe you were crying. Never go back there. I could have lost her. Right. Yeah, yeah. So instead, her family challenges the way she's looking at things. She comes back, wound up working for the Cake Mamas for many years. And then it was, like I said, six months later when she brought it to my attention. And I was like, wait a second. Why did you come back? And she's like, because my mom told me to suck it up. And I was so proud because we're those parents where when your kids come home and they complain about something, whether it be a teacher, whether they say someone was mean at school or whatever the disagreement was, we're always like, what? Is there another way to look at this? What's the whole context? Like, did you play a part of this? Like, we're not trying to gaslight them as though nothing ever happens. 
but we are trying to ask questions that would challenge them to show up in a different way. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And I know that we understand that that could be like, that could be difficult for people. Like I think for most of the, the people that I've interacted with, like a lot of times they will look at that as like, wow, you're really kind of pushy. You're really like, <laughs> we, people will say, God, you do this with your kids. You constantly challenge them yep. to look at things differently. And we the do. answer is, yeah, yeah. Right. And so and we do it with each other. A hundred percent. And I think that sometimes it can feel aggravating because you because let's face it, everybody wants to be hurt. Right. Well, everybody Every, also wants to be right. And everybody wants to be right. Like mm -hmm. you, you, especially when you're hurt. Yeah. When you're hurt, you definitely want to be right about the fact that you're hurt. Right. Mm -hmm. you, know, you don't want anyone to tell you, hey, the reason why you're hurt is not really super legitimate. Right. But sometimes that's important. <laughs> it's true. It's important because we, we constantly are looking at individuals and we're saying, oh, like we want to be empathetic with people that are mm -hmm. hurt, but sometimes there's no reason for you to be hurt, right? Right, and sometimes you need someone to say, "Yeah, I don't think th here's a perspective that you, I think that you should take on because you sitting back feeling like your feelings are hurt or feeling destroyed by this is not really legitimate, and you're going to respond or react to that that hurt feeling in a way that may not be conducive or great for your future when yeah. it comes to like the example you just gave, like. Alex was able to be to cultivate her skill as a decorator and be a really good decorator. Yeah. But if she would have bowed out that first day because she her feelings were hurt, it would have never transpired that way. And she would have lost out on a really great opportunity. But I think it's 100 percent determined by the response that she got from her family. Right. Because if they would have co-signed and egged it on and told her terrible things about like, oh, that boss should not have made you feel that way. You should not be sad. But instead, they were like, well, why are you so sad about this? Was there truth to it? Right. Yeah. Okay, then suck it up and go back and do better. Did she swear at you? Right. She no. didn't cuss at you. <laughs> she didn't. So maybe, you know, the point I'm trying to make is maybe this is something that you need. You need people to give you resistance and to challenge you. Maybe you've recently, after everything that's going on in the world, found yourself being more pessimistic and negative about things. But maybe you don't have a friend or a family member who actually will call you out because you might be difficult. You might always be right. You might not really do well with feedback. If that's you, then you got to join the Pusher Society. Right. And these are things that we do with our kids, but these are things that we do with our friends and, you know, again, in our relationship. And I'll give you another example. There's a teacher at one of our kids' schools and the kid comes home, our kid comes home, talks about this teacher. The and child. every time, our child, every time I'm like, okay, stop it. Stop complaining about this teacher. Do your best in the class and that's it. Here's why. I'm not calling your teacher. You're older now. You can advocate for yourself. Also, you're not going to work with a boss that's always great. You're not going to always have a coach that you love. Everybody in your life is not going to be inspirational. So suck it up and figure out how to self-advocate and work around what these expectations are of this teacher. Yeah. And that's an interesting thing because I think most people would say, well, I need to find someone that I get along with. I need to find yeah, that's going to help me, that's going to mentor me, that's going to coach me, that's going to teach me. Not everyone's going to do that, that. My boss, like I need to find someone I mesh with. And a lot of times that's that actually is destructive to your ability to progress, grow. to grow, mm -hmm. because you do need people that you conflict with, that you don't see the world the same way. Because I think that that friction leads to a lot of growth, a lot of like if you're open to it, right? Yeah. And so what this episode is really about it's really about all the different types of personalities that are out there and how these these if you go and grow to understand them, how they could be beneficial for you. And then also how to understand yourself, like your tendencies, 
to behave and respond a certain way really can be a, a point of like understanding yourself and understanding how you mesh with other people. And then when you've realized that, then you realize that not everyone is an idiot. Right. And right? I think that the bulk of the people on the planet, perhaps maybe the section of idiots that this book is referring to, we're not referring to. <laughs> But I think the bulk of the people on the planet are not actively trying to pursue educating themselves to be better, more empathetic, more understanding around the different personality types. Right. Because I can say that there's not one week that goes by where someone's not telling me something out of frustration and they're like, well, you know how the world is. You know how people are. No one's got common sense. And that's one of my biggest pet peeves is like your common sense isn't common to everyone else because they were not raised like you. They didn't grow up in a household like you with the same rules as you. And so to me, common sense means challenging like your kids, right? Right. So back to that example with the kid, I'll tell you that there were several parents that tried to loop me in mm. on an email to like, you know, get this <laughs> this teacher banned from school or something. And I literally asked my kid hey, there's a bunch of like parents who are trying to like escalate this. Right. And my kid literally said, stay out of that. We don't want anything to do with that. I don't particularly love this teacher, but at the end of the day, I've learned quite a bit and I don't necessarily love the style, but I can confidently say that he's challenged me to do and understand and learn X, Y, and Z. And so I want to not be a part of that. This is a teenager that has the discernment to say, yeah, you're right, mom, I put it aside that I didn't actually like this person. I don't like their delivery. I don't like their coaching style. But at the end of the day, I can still find the things that I'm meant to learn. And it's been helpful. And that is what we call emotional intelligence, yeah. right? It's that ability to adapt and understand that although I don't agree with the style, I have found myself away from my, from my personality, from my learning style to adapt to this individual to get the most out of this situation instead of running for the hills and finding someone that aligns to your communication style or your values, which I think is very mature of her because she said specifically, if it wasn't for this teacher, I would not know how to write a college essay. Mm -hmm. I would not know how to, to properly write in English, which Jordan, our youngest, is a phenomenal writer, mm -hmm. right? Like sometimes the stories she tells, and I'm like, I'm like enthralled. I'm like, yeah, tell me more. What's writer. gonna happen next? Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, yep. like those things, I think are powerful, and so we want to make sure that uh, we we ha we have a discussion about that. Yeah, and conversely, like kind of back to different personalities that you're gonna act with or interact with in a day. You obviously know this to be true, but I don't know if we really exercise it on a daily basis, and that is, you never know what people are going through. Mm. So we have another kid who has come home several times and complained about an interaction with a certain person at school. And finally, I'm just like, okay, stop. I get it. Stay away from this person then. Like, let's just stop. So we just shut it down. We don't want to commiserate. We don't want to like egg you on. And so you need people that do that in your life, right? Fast forward, I had the opportunity to be around this student's parent recently. Mm who I found out is battling a major illness, like near death type of like terrible, tragic thing. And I went back to that child, my child, and said, did you know that their parent was battling X, Y, and Z? And she was like, mom, I did not. Mm. And I said, this is how you know that you can, you have to always give people passes. Mm. You never ever know what someone is dealing with at home. And so I don't care how rude someone is to you, remove yourself from that life, from that right. situation, 
But you always have to know that something stems from something bigger and it's usually not about you. It was yeah, a good lesson. It is a good lesson. And I think like <laughs> some people will say, well, do I just put up with anything with people? Nope. You no. remove yourself. There's boundaries that you have to set and there's tolerance. But at the same time, this thought process and this perspective that we're talking about allows you to have the right strategy when dealing with someone that is different, that may be difficult, that may be whatever the case may be, so that you keep your sanity yeah. and your mental health in order. Because a lot of times we fall prey and we we start to lean into these behaviors and ways that people respond and we make them like really impact our well-being. Yeah. Right. And so you got to have the right strategy for those things. Well, I'll just say to piggyback on that, that becomes a very lazy, reactive strategy. If your strategy is to instantly get upset, to think people don't have common sense, to be, you know, kind of blaming everything on someone else. Granted, we're not saying that there are not terrible people who do terrible things. But what we're saying is it requires more skill. Right. It requires you to develop yourself at a different level of social intelligence to be able to have a different level of discernment to not allow it to mentally or emotionally tear you down. Right. Does that make sense? So mm -hmm. like it requires more work and more like effort for you to be able to say, I'm going to look at this differently. But it also is a huge weight off of your shoulders because I'm not making it a problem about me. Versus if I don't show up and I don't do the work and I just lean into my natural reactions, it seems easier, but ultimately it winds up being a lot harder because you wind up being so disappointed in people and you wind up being so mad at the fact that the world isn't behaving the way you expect it to behave. Right. So I think that's important to point out. We're asking you to do a different type of work, but ultimately it's so freeing. It's yeah. so freeing to not care when someone cuts me off on the street. I don't care. It's so freeing to not care that someone graffitiing on my house for more than five minutes, you know? So moving on, this book, Surrounded by Idiots by Thomas Erickson, we're going to kind of give you the premise, but if this is an interesting conversation and you're like, you know what? I do need to work on that. There's a lot of things that I would like to be better at, right. but I don't necessarily have the circle um, that will help push me, or maybe I don't like the circle that I'm in. And so I want to grow with people that maybe, I don't know, there could be many reasons why yeah, you want to grow well, with other people outside of your sphere of influence. Right. And I think that if this is, if you find yourself running into individuals and you say, I just don't understand them at all. I mm -hmm. don't understand why they do what they do. I don't, I don't understand why this person won't speak up for themselves. I don't understand why this person is always talking first. Yeah. I don't understand why this person is so reserved. And so they take so long to make a decision and, and you constantly are pushing. Because I could tell you that I think for me, because of my personality, like I want people, I'm like, stick up for yourself. Yeah. Say something. Let's go. Dude, Come go. on. Right. And so make you, a decision. you end up trying to make people more like you, right. especially if you're a person that is a person of influence, like yep. you're an influence in your circle of friends, you're influence in your place of work or in your business. You tend to want people to be more on your, uh, what you would probably say your level. But I think with this, you get an understanding of like, okay, I could be a better teammate. I could be a better friend. I could be a better leader. I could be a better just social individual, boss, mm -hmm. boss, whatever, if I better understand like these different personalities. And when I do that, then what can come out of that? Well, right. I can really get to understand the value of in each individual that's on my team or my friendship group. Love it. All right. So these personality types are broken into four distinct 
colors, mm-hmm. right? And then there are some definitions for these personality types. So you Which wanna... I'm a visual learner, okay. so I appreciate the colors. <laughs> okay. And the book is basically saying like if you looked at people more like and kind of categorize them as, oh, that's a blue. That's no. nice, oh, right? Blue. Then you would better understand how to approach them, interact with them, how to deal with them, how to work with them. Right, and right. So Although you are not going to fall 100% into one particular color because we all can act like any color, I think that reading the book and understanding the different colors helps you identify what someone's dominant color might be to then maybe approach a conversation in a different way. Yeah. And so should I talk about the benefits and then we'll talk about like the benefits of like adjusting to these things? Well, let's just talk about the colors first and then we can dive into one of them. Perfect. All right. Well, So the first one is red. Okay. When red is considered a dominant personality, right? They're aggressive, ambitious, strong-willed, pushy sometimes, problem solver, decisive. So many of you probably know someone that is- Like fire? That's like like (laughs) fire. Uh, Fire is like red and yellow, right? And so- (laughs) Well, no, don't confuse it because there is a yellow. Okay, so- so right. we're, okay, well, I first of all, let me just say there is red, yellow, green, and blue. Okay. Okay. So red is mostly dominant in their kind of personality. Yellow is mostly inspiring mm-hmm. in their personality. Green is stability. S- stable. Uh-huh. And then blue is more analytic. Okay. So all all of you that are listening are already like, mm, I think I'm more red. Like <laughs> if you are in Momentum, which is our brick and mortar business owners, most of them are probably somewhere in the red and yellow. You have yeah. to be kind of dominant in order to say, I'm going to be audacious enough to start a business, to lead a team, to inspire other people, to inspire customers, to buy my stuff, right? There's a level of red, but that doesn't mean that they don't all possess blue skills as well, right? Yeah, and I think that you find that some of, like, I know that there are, and in the book mentions a couple of individuals that are red, there is a long list of people that I can think of that are blue that are wildly successful. Oh, absolutely. Right? Yep. And so you think about Mark Zuckerberg is not a red. He's mm-hmm. definitely probably a Well, let's blue. explain what red is. So red has a more dominant personality. They're willing to take charge in any situation. They're willing to make tough decisions even when the decision might be unpopular, right? So the author points out that some famous people with red personalities are people like Steve Jobs, Margaret Thatcher, Barack Obama. And this example shows that red might be difficult to work with sometimes, but that doesn't mean that they're necessarily bad. I think that I probably fall in the red category because I'm willing to have difficult conversations and kind of push through things that most of the other colors don't necessarily like. Mm -hmm. But that's not to say that I'm just like spicy all the time. But if we, when we talk to you about the blue, it does open my eyes to see how someone who is blue looks at me like, oh my God, she's aggressive. And Mm -hmm. I have been told that my whole life, like not aggressive, but she's intimidating. Right. And I never mean to be intimidating, but I am going to be the first one to kind of speak up and spark a conversation so that we kind of get the ball rolling. Why? So that it's effective and efficient and like, let's do things because I don't have a lot of patience mostly. Right. Mm -hmm. But so like, let's get into now the next color, which would be green. The green color. I thought you were going to say yellow. 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 So yellow, which is considered the counterpart to red, is talkative, enthusiastic, persuasive, creative, optimistic, social, spontaneous, expressive, 
charming, full of vitality. Like, so think of like the bubbly personality girl that you went to high school with or person that you work with. I think with. A, a nice archetype would be like a Will Smith. Oh, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Okay. So he's yellow, always trying to make people laugh, pretty even keel, um, maybe isn't the first to like spark the conversation about something negative, always glass half full, right. like always going to find the optimism in everything. Right, right. Makes sense? 100%. Okay. And so the next one is green. These people are patient, relaxed, self-controlled, reliable, composed, loyal, modest, understanding. Like, so those are some of the things that you can, if you, and I don't know who we, we would point out as an archetype for that, but supportive, good listener. So this would probably be someone maybe like an Oprah. Like I think, I think Oprah probably would, her archetype when she's interviewing people is she's a great listener. Mm -hmm. She has great self-control. She's composed. Right. So her temperament is stable, but she's also stubborn. I've heard Oprah be very particular about, you know, hey, what do we hope to get out of this episode before we record it? So right. like, I'm stubborn in like my expectations of mm -hmm. what we're going to get out of this. But they prefer to cultivate a more calm and comfortable environment as a result, this also means that they are usually resistant to change and they're highly unlikely to seek a role in the spotlight, but they prefer to follow the mm. spotlight. Right. So I don't know that that's Oprah, but yeah, maybe, maybe but, know. <laughs> you know, but that's good to know. Like if you're a green, then you'd know that like, it's okay. I can be kind of perfectionist. Mm -hmm. I can be stubborn about things. But I also don't want to be the first to like do the Facebook or the Instagram live. I don't have to be the front of everything. Right. Right. And then the next one. And then the next one is blue. So that's conscientious, systematic, distant, correct, conventional, objective, structured. And so these individuals, I think, like they get things done. Mm -hmm. Right. They are more analytical. Yeah. Follow the rules, logical, like getting things done, reflecting. And so blue is an interesting color. So one of the women from Momentum, Amy uh -huh. Romrell, she owns three bakeries in Utah. In Utah. Um, we were talking about taxes and business today in our Momentum group. And we were talking about write-offs and like things that you could write off in your business. And she said, I only write things off that are helpful to the business or useful to the business. Yeah. And I was like, okay, that's structure. I appreciate that. Right, that was right. the blue in her that came out, right? <laughs> so yeah, I appreciate you telling me all the stuff to write off in my business, but I'm only gonna follow these rules and right. be rigid about it, which I thought was great. So some blue people, um, <laughs> and you, th you might be thinking Eeyore, right? Like the temperament <laughs> might be a little uh, sometimes because they literally are more melancholy when it comes to personality traits. They're more stable and they prefer to think of themselves more as realists about the world and about like the out their outlook as opposed to being optimists. But usually normal people of other color categories would put the blue people in the pessimist category. Mm. So usually you can tell who's in a blue category when they're looking at the glass as half full. Right. Like, oh my God, the world, you know, not saying that they're complaining, but they're seeing like the opportunities versus like, oh, these are the great things. Yeah. And I think, and what's interesting about these colors, when you all hear this, like you may be putting yourself and say, oh, I'm more like that. Like I, I this is, this fits me. I'm, I'm a talkative person. Right. But I think the key thing to me when I was reading it, I was like, wow, this is really great when I'm working with individuals that I can identify that this is how they operate. 
my goal is not to make them go from blue to a yellow. Right. My goal is to make sure that they're fully expressed as the brightest blue possible right. so that they can feel within their authentic self that they are actually being a person of value. But I also think that there's an element of like, wow, we all need some of these attributes that are within there. And, mm -hmm. and how do you cultivate a skill where you can, if you are blue, that you can lean into red when you need to. Yeah. And if you are yellow, you can lean into green when it's necessary. Mm -hmm. And I think that that versatility is something that really breeds to some really successful things. See, for me, when I read the book, I thought, okay, well, if I'm red, how do others perceive me? That really helps me as a leader. Uh -huh. And if I'm interacting with someone who might be a blue or a green, then I know how my approach needs to maybe change Right. in order to be better suited for their kind of love language. And yeah. I think so oftentimes, like your miscommunication comes from you just not being able to meet each other where you're at. Mm -hmm. And then I thought if I still owned the Cake Mamas and I still had a staff, I would have asked everybody to read this book so that we could all better understand each other's personality traits. Right. So we could challenge each other to say, mm, before you approach her, you need to be more blue. Right now you're kind of <laughs> red, right? Yeah. And I think you can make a lot of fun, like make light of this to teach people as a leader how to interact with different people. Because isn't it true, like if you're in a retail environment and you're a leader of some sort, you're going to have customers that are all different colors, like figuratively and, you know, yeah. and according to this book. And so if you can quickly identify like, oh, this person is leaning more into the yellow. OK, let me kind of match them. Then I think it would just be helpful for overall communication and people would just understand each other better. Yeah. And I think. The thing that I really want everyone to get is like, you may be thinking like, oh, this is fun. Like this, the book is, is mm -hmm. going to be super interesting because it goes beyond just these color uh, personality traits. It goes into like body language and, and just overall communication and how we we practice social intelligence, right? And if we look back in the last three years of what this world and what we've gone through from the pandemic to the social unrest to all the different things to a crazy like election, all these things that have come out. And as a nation being so divided, if we practice more social intelligence and we really start to lean into like better looking to work to understand people, we would come to a yeah. common ground more times than not. And so if you don't think that this is beneficial, I'm going to tell you the benefits of learning these things and learning about these different personalities and learning how you work with them. One, the ability to adapt to different personality types, it breeds patience and understanding and empathy. Mm -hmm. Who doesn't want that, right. right? The ability to connect on the same level and vantage point with other people and perspective is huge, especially when you are trying to run a business, when you are trying to further your career. Yeah. Another one is the ability to mind read. And I'm not saying like you're reading, like you want to like always be guessing what's on people's mind, but it helps you anticipate what someone else is thinking. Mm -hmm. And that's important, especially if you're interacting with someone that may be blue and you're like, you understand that personality type. They may not say what's really on their mind, yeah. but I think as you, as a friend, a partner, a leader, a peer, whatever it is, it's important to like, like, I think this is what this person may be thinking yeah. and to gear the conversation to that. Well, can I tell you this? Yeah. So it says in the book that blues are often more likely to struggle with depression and anxiety, and this can impact their performance at work. Okay. Mm. That's good to know as yeah. a boss, right? Yeah. For example, they may obsess so much over every little detail of a project 
that they may take forever to feel or, or feel like it's never good enough, right? And these personality types, the yellow, I'm sorry, the green and the blue, they are more quieter, more introverted, and so it's highly unlikely that they will ever offer their opinion unless it's explicitly and repeatedly requested. Yeah. From a red or vibrant yellow. And that's funny. That's so important. It's huge. Because I've been in meetings, and it's so funny because we were doing something like this years ago at um, my other uh, company I worked for, and we were talking about the different types of leaders that we were dealing with. And one of the things that we talked about is like those folks that, and now I'm just going to say they were blue and green, you literally have to call on them, and they have the best insight. Yeah. Because they haven't been running their mouth like a yellow or a red. Mm -hmm. They've been sitting back thinking, looking up for facts. Contemplating. Right. And you ask on them, and you go... Well, why didn't you say that earlier? You got right. the best ideal in the building. Right? And we've said that many times. Girl, why didn't you speak up? That is a great point. Oh, my God. And then we'll clap for you, right? right? But that's the thing, like knowing that as leaders, which we're both leaders, knowing that I have to repeatedly ask for your opinion, repeatedly solicit right. it from you because you're not going to just offer that helps me be a better boss to you, right? But it also helps me to create a development plan for you so that you can maybe lean into in times when it's appropriate, like get closer to a yellow because not everybody is going to understand your personality and be patient. And that's kind of the point I think of this whole entire episode is not everyone is going to be patient in trying to take the time to get to know you, your personality, to better understand you. So If you've ever felt that you were misunderstood, which I think we all have been, if you ever felt that someone boxed you into something or labeled you as something and they just didn't, you felt like they didn't get you, then I think that this would be a great book. So I'm going to link it in our show notes. If you want to read it with us, you can definitely download it. I also want to recommend Audible. I'll leave a link in the show notes for that too. Sometimes when you're busy, you don't have time to just sit there with a paper book. And so we'll give you a trial version of Audible where you can download it, listen to the book on your phone. Those are great for commutes or if you're exercising. I got a lot. We both still download tons of books, and so Audible is a great thing. But this is kind of our last invitation for you. Um, This is the stuff that we talk about every month in the Pusher Society. So if you are looking to grow, be challenged, do a little bit of homework, you know, become a better human on the earth, um, (laughs) Then I would like to invite you, go to JanelleCopeland.com and click on the Pusher Society, or we have a new website coming soon. It might or might not be available. We are the Copelands. Mm. Um, So you could sign up for the Pusher Society there. I hope that this was informative. Yeah, I think it should be super helpful for those that are looking to improve their relationship. And we didn't even touch on the fact that like from a spouse standpoint, like your spouse may be one of these things and you are having a tough time or they turn into a color depending on what's going on in the circumstances. And there are certain ways that you can work through things by better understanding. And I think that that's the thing we really want you to walk away with is is when you work to understand how different people see the world, how they operate, how they prospect, and how they act upon the world, it allows you, if you're trying to be a better human, to adapt to them and to actually interact with them in a way that's helpful, that's useful, that's supportive, And it's better for the overall relationship and whatever you're trying to accomplish together. it's also better for the world. 100%. So heal the world. Heal the world. Make Make this a better place for you and for me Uh, and the entire human race. You're the songbird of a generation, honey. There are people dying. 
No, you don't know? No. Ugh. Anyways, have a great rest of the day, afternoon, whatever time it is for you. Thank you so much for listening. And listen, if this episode was helpful, please share take it. two seconds, share it with a friend, share it with a colleague, share it with your boss. You know, we have people saying like, I shared that with my boss. This is one of those things that would be a great conversation in any workplace, especially if you're a leader. So have a great one, you guys. We'll see you soon. And let's connect on social media. And we'll see you in the next episode. All right, push through. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Push Podcast. Hey, we want to hear from you. So if you have a question or there's a particular topic that you want us to tackle and you want us to help you push through, you got to do something for us. You got to go to Apple Podcasts and you got to leave a rating and a review. And in that review, go ahead and leave that question with your Instagram handle so that we can shout you out when we actually answer the question. And we'll talk about that on the podcast and make sure that, hey, this particular podcast is made for you. So leave a rating, leave a review. You leave your handle and until next time push through